0: Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils!
1: twenty three did not end very well for this Devils team last Saturday night in Boston. Uh, but the start of twenty twenty four, a much better and much different result as we just whooped up on our nemesis Washington Capitals and overtook them in the Metropolitan standings. We are the Uncle Puckers, Chris and Bob with you this evening. How are you, Bob?
0: Well, I'm doing much better now. You know, yeah, it's we had a little audio been... issues. Yeah, but had a New Year's resolution. For the team to score the first goal. I know they do that against Boston, too.
1: Yeah, and I was getting a little stuff. nervous because he sure had them both. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go. Is this just now? We, are we just, and we got the second one. So it's like, okay, so Washington scores five un, unanswered now, right? This is how it's going to go. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, I was, I was, there were was some things to kind of be con, a little bit concerned about tonight. But for the most part, I was pretty impressed with this game.
0: I found it a little tough to watch at times. I think it played out the way it should. You had a team coming in the second half of their back-to-back. I know they've been good against it, but it did look to me like we had the fresher legs in the beginning. Um, got a little physical, got a little close, got, got tied up. Um, but I was hoping that it would be one of these situations where, you know, the fresher team eventually overtakes the game, which they did. Can't say I knew they were going to pop off that many goals at the end. I was just hoping for enough to win. Um, but overall, yeah, it was a pretty good effort you got to like the way most of the guys played. I don't think you can really fault Dawes on much. Maybe a goal. But if, if you're looking at one of our other goaltenders, not to just shit on them all the time, it, it's probably a lot closer of a game. And maybe uh, if another one of the two of those go in, maybe we don't win because of when those goals would have happened. So overall, I think you got to be pretty happy. And uh, goals aside, the, the highlight for me before the goal even happened was when Mikey McLeod started his own goal. With that board shot with like 20 seconds left, he goes down and scores. You know, they'll call it a highlight reel, call it whatever. It's kind of a lucky spin around goal. I call the way it, he started it was amazing.
1: I call it the turning point of the game. Oh, sure. I, absolutely. That was the turning point of the game. They come down, they score, they tie it up 3-3 late in the second. Same exact thing that happened in the first. And um, 17 seconds later. The Devils respond, that third line, you know, nobody wanted a hat trick tonight, which is fine. Let's spread the goals out. Uh, but I thought that it was uh, the turning point of the game, and the Devils didn't look back. Uh, they came out in the third. I really, I like that they played defense in the third. They clogged up the neutral zone. They, I yeah. wanted
0: to point that out. I was like, did I just see what I think I saw? <laughs> like they you were saw the trap. Yes. Yeah, they, they said, listen, we, we're going to win this game. We're going to change our game, do whatever we have to do to win this game.
1: Now, I mean, there Dan and I had a big discussion about how I feel like our defensemen don't know when to stay back. They are they feel like they're constantly lot to go with the them. rush. Sure. Yeah. And in the third period, and they were talking about it on the on the broadcast, Danico and and Bill Spaulding, that uh Kevin Ball had jumped into a play and next you know, we're up by two at that point. Mm-hmm. And Washington had a good um, good chance going the other way. And like, that's the little things that our young defensemen and our veteran defensemen need to learn, especially when you have a lead, you don't jump out into, um, into a rush. You just, you know, sit back, you know, let the, let the forwards do their job, get the puck in deep, try not to ice it and eat up clock. And if you have an opportunity, you step on the gas and you go, um, thank you, son, you're the best. I have new headphones. now.
0: Um, What's that? Another Max Hendro moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, but I I thought that they did a really good job with that um, in the third period of just locking it down, not giving them much and taking what Washington gives you. Um, And what happened? It turned into three more goals, you know, or two more goals rather, Um, you know, because of that, because of their patience, they they took their chance when they had it. And look, Shepard, Probably would want a couple of those back tonight, but you know, we got those bounces through some hard work. Um, I still That's don't the like team. the way yeah. we play in our, our our defensive zone sometimes. Um, you know, just so much trouble getting the puck out. Um, and and we don't, I, I haven't seen them clog up the neutral zone when they had a lead like they did in that third period, and I that was impressive because. Washington and we talked about it through text in the first period. Once Washington started laying the body and started hitting our guys and playing physical, we kind of fell apart a little and they it got changed. their goal. Yep. Uh, and then uh, you know late in that for, late in that period, and it looked like it could go a different way. Yep. Um, and I just I really like how this team played
0: when it was two nothing and they were on their power play, and all they kept talking about was how bad they've been on the power play. I just felt like it was a bad omen and I really started to get nervous in my stomach. Please don't let them score on this power play. I think it's going to change the game. And after they scored <laughs> two, one boy, did they give it to us? Right. And oh yeah. They did. Thank God that period ended. Then we kind of regained control of the second period. until the same thing happened again. And I'm like, well, what's your chances now that this bad, you know, power play is actually going to score two in a row. And, uh, yeah, I, like I said, it wasn't an easy game for me. I was not comfortable. Um, the demons just kept sitting there saying, "You're gonna, this is going to suck. Um, but then I realized how hard the guys were working. And again, the legs, it, it all just kind of worked out in the end. They, they were I got really a
1: lot game. more comfortable the 17 seconds after they tied it at three. And McLeod scored that goal. And I thought to myself, that's the response. That's what this team needs to go into the third period. Take it back. You know, take that momentum right back. You made them, you let them feel good about themselves for a quarter of a second and then you ripped it away from them. And that's what this team has the capability of doing and they need to do it more. And I, that I thought I felt much more comfortable sitting down to watch that third period.
0: And that was a deep rip too, because their goal came with like a minute left, you know, that dreaded just about a minute left. Exactly. We just tear it down with 15 seconds left on again, you know, a very hard working goal.
1: And and you know to your point about Dawes, solid man, just solid. You know it it you doesn't it doesn't seem in just a very small two game sample we've seen of this dude up and up with the big club. It doesn't seem like you're going to beat him with too many soft goals. He seems like the kind of goalie that you're going to have to work for them. Um, and you know maybe that uh, what was it the second goal. That yeah. that Washington scored was a little iffy, but uh again, it was a power play, and you say, How could this bad penalty uh, power play, you know, score twice? Well, because they're playing a really bad penalty kill.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, well, I thought we were getting better at that for a while, right?
1: We were up until Saturday night yeah. against Boston, and now it seems like there's a bit of a sieve there going on with the penalty kill.
0: Yeah, I just feel like to your point about Dawes now, like yeah, I think that he he's gonna stop most of the ones. He's not gonna, you know, let a lot of let us softies in, but more than that. He's coming up with, like, those one or two really big saves each game, like clear-cut breakaways or, you know, two-on-ones kind of, like, just just really high-quality danger chances. And he's not going to stop all those. But we never said that we needed, like, the best goalie in the world other than the summer we said if we had Hellebuck, that's a different chapter, right? That's that's like an X factor. Uh, But we don't have that. But, I mean, I really don't like constantly shitting on our guys because I think they're kind of – what brought them to the NHL is still in there. Schmidt a little bit younger. So he's going down to get seasoning V whatever. But then, you know, you, you just can't deny anymore that we literally have the worst stats of all the national hockey league teams in goal. So we can say what we want about the defense. And a lot of that's true team or D defense. Um, but they are way below expectations in, in all factors. And what was it, two shows ago or so, we said, you know, why not give Dawes a solid chance? Yeah. Um, what, what if all of a sudden this guy comes in, he wins 14 to, six, 14 to 20 games or something? Um, that's how a lot of these goalies are made, right? You, you, don't, uh, you don't know what they're going to come up with until they do. I was That, that guy, um, Seattle, who got the shutout for the Winter Classic, right?
1: Joey Decord.
0: I was listening to his story today. He's 27 years old. He spent five yeah. years in the minors. He came up he, where he had 17 games over five years in the NHL, you know, and uh, just kind of waiting for that opportunity to get a little steady. Now, we don't know what exactly he's going to be coming. I mean, we saw Jim Carrey win the Vesna. You know what I mean? Like that's Things right. happen. Um, that's right.
1: Then he made Ace Ventura, too, and we never <laughs> heard right. from him again. He started
0: talking out of his ass. <laughs> um, but, you know, those types of things happen. Sometimes you just get that solid chance, not anointing Dawes with anything, but there is a comfort factor watching him. And I think from what I gather from a lot of people on social media, um, there's a lot of us rooting for finding that answer uh, in-house, you know, so you could shore up some other areas. Um, I think that we'll always still clamor for the days of Brodor or a Hellebuck who just got what third star or something. He was seven Oh and one with a one four eight goals against like he's really turned it on lately. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No doubt. Um, you know, look, I thought that, uh, I mean, yes, of course we want the answer to come in house and we want, you know, Nico Dawes to be that answer. My thing is, do you still need somebody now? Because Vanek has just not seemed like he is finding his game and he looked good for a little while. And, uh, you know, do you still, if he goes out Friday night against Chicago and plays poorly, you know, it, it, do you still then make that, move if you can if you can for a goalie or do you say okay look Dawes is our main guy and we're gonna run him until we can't
0: think you do if you can because even if you get somebody that winds up being equally or better and now we're back to kind of a 50-50 tandem at least you've got a 50-50 tandem which is normal in the NHL these days right that's that you just feel a little bit better about I just would not give up certain players and um one of us put out a a tweet today or an X about a that was Tony. possible trade rumor, which had the most traction we've ever gotten on that platform. Certainly a lot of opinions going back and forth. And I think the main sticking point was almost to a man, Very a few people would have would have taken it as it was laid out, but to a man, most people were like, you just don't get rid of Nemec. That was the uh, the X factor where it's just not worth it. Not for that type of
1: play. Well, to start, the, the post was... That was rumor was a, a BS rumor. It wasn't a real oh, yes. one. So and it was thrown out there and I, I think it's I might even out for have conversation. it. Exactly. Yeah, I think I might even have it right here. Just give me a second to try and find where Tony put this yeah, thing. I mean,
0: you can look it up. But like we said, the cool thing about it is just to get the conversation started with Devil fans and see how in depth I mean tons of uh activity and engagement on that post and just hearing our community uh discuss it without like ripping each other's heads off you know what i mean just kind of talking like like good devils fans we all just want to win the same thing there was there was nothing um anger about it it was just kind of nice and uh quite a bit of comments i couldn't keep up quite frankly
1: oh you're you're 100 right and I'm, i'm actually trying to find it here i don't know where it went I believe the gist of the the trade was uh, Noah Hannafin, Jake Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom, um, and uh, I forget it, some some other minor league guy that they had for Shimon Nemich, Nolan Foot, uh, our first rounder this year, which I am not even one hundred percent we sure we own because of the Timo Meyer deal. Um, and what else? Do you have it there?
0: Panathin and their I guess their stud AHL or Coronado
1: okay Coronado that's right
0: right for what you mentioned Vanacek foot Vanacek forgot about him and a first now that's way too much to give up right away I'm not even like what kills that deal for me is Nemec before we even get started um in the right package you know everybody knows I'm definitely a fan of Holtz um this is the type of package I would give Holt away for if I'm getting a goalie of record, like I really would. Um, Cause we, it's a little easier to um, fill a, a, you know, a forward with an upside than it is a defenseman with who might potentially be your best defenseman for the next 12 years. Uh, you just don't part with them at any cost.
1: I mean, if, if Tom Fitzgerald didn't give Nemitz away uh, last year for Timo Meyer, when we hadn't even seen him with the big club yet, Right. And he wouldn't do that for Meyer. I don't think he's going to do it for Hannafin and Markstrom. And especially since we've seen what he can do. I mean, he, his, his ceiling is just through, you know, so high. I mean, this guy, like you said, he could be your number one D and he might be our number two with Luke Hughes in there for no, you know three. the next I don't 10 care. years. I'm still not getting rid of him. Right. Cause it would be a three it's, to act like a one. My, my point is he'll be a number one on 90% of other teams in five of years, course. regardless of what he is here. Um, I love the idea of getting Jacob Markstrom and Noah Hannafin. Um, I kind of prefer Chris Tanev in that deal if you're going to make a move with Calgary,
0: but I think Hannafin has a little bit more of an upside. For sure. Um, I would do the deal or some version of the deal, removing the defenseman aspect of it.
1: Well, It's a starting
0: point for me.
1: If you look at that deal, you think about the assets that the Devils have, right? Seamus Casey comes to mind. That deal, if if that was a deal that if uh, I don't even know who the GM is in Calgary and whoever it is in Tom Fitzgerald, if they are having conversations about a big trade like that, I can't, can't see how Tom Fitzgerald can't make that deal without Simone Nemick. You know, even if you have to throw in a Seamus Casey and maybe one other extra piece, um, you know, and it just Jacob Markstrom. And Nico Dawes sounds like a really nice tandem. And then some really solid blue liner back there, Noah Hannipin, And who knows what this AHL kick can do, Coronado. Um, I've read a little bit about him today, and he seems to have a huge upside. So it's going to be interesting to see what Tom Fitzgerald does. The problem is, and this was put, po- you know, I was on X ex- with some of our listeners uh, today back and forth about, you know, unfortunately, there are still five or six other teams that aren't going to be in the market for a goalie. So what is Toronto going to give up? Um, what is Carolina going to give up? What are the Devils maybe going to give up? You know, there are a lot of other teams out there that have Stanley Cup aspirations and feel like their only deficiency is in net. Um, if Vanacek can get his game together, you know, and him and Dawes can be the duo. I'm okay with that, but it's got to get on track soon.
0: I mean, he just needs to stop the goals he's expected to stop. And I don't mean directly correlating to that stat. There's a stat that I actually counts, sure. but we all know what that means. First of all, I don't want to start any conversation. If you're not 90% or better on the same percentage, you know what I mean? Let's just, let's just go there. And he hasn't um, been all year. No, it's, it's dreadful, but, um, Yeah, it still remains to be seen. I just don't want to. I don't want to run out of time, uh, giving him time. You know, right? Because his points are so.
1: Very good way of putting it.
0: Yeah, Um, and I just—I don't know what it is. I just feel comfortable watching Dawes. I do too. Everything about sitting down watching the game, I just feel that much better. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, again, back to that trade kind of thing. I know the further this goes, the further there's going to be a premium on a goaltending position. And I, I am totally okay with dealing from a position of strength. I'm willing to say, you know, like you said, first round pick, not sure exactly where our first round pick falls, but a prospect that trumps their prospect, an active roster guy like a Holtz, and even maybe a third piece for the goalie, I just wouldn't trade Nemitz.
1: No, no, I wouldn't either. Even at this point, I just think – I think it's – and I don't know what kind of term Jacob Markstrom has. So I don't know if this would be a guy that he's going to be with us for a couple of years. Um, yeah, definitely but, wouldn't
0: do it for one year.
1: Oh, no doubt. You can't. It, that, that would be uh, malpractice as, you, as a GM. I mean, in all honesty, um,
0: I would – I would throw Hamilton in that trade before I would throw Nemec. Really? I still, I still knock to Hamilton. I love him, but it just, you're, gonna, you're talking about a guy you're going to have control for for 12, 15 years.
1: Yeah, I you agree. Know, most
0: likely. I'm assuming he's going to be one of these guys that's going to do his entry-level contract in a nice long seven, eight years. Um, and again, I well, know that's a gamble because we don't know exactly what he's going to pan out to be, and we do know what Hamilton is, but I think it was Dan's point the other day, or maybe Tony's like, we haven't missed a beat with him. Not to say that we're not going to be better when he comes back. I know we will. It's kind of scary, awesome, how good our defensive back line can be there with, uh, with the offensive side of the defense. But um, either I do way, think we, we, they're we, not going to trade him anyway. You know.
1: No, but if you make a deal with Jacob Markstrom, Devil fans better get used to him being our goalie because he's got a six-year, six million a year. He's six for six. So
0: he's got major term. That is He's four. got
1: long term, which is six mixed – Six for six.
0: See, that's affordable too.
1: Which makes it a lot more appealing it that does. you are getting a guy that can maybe solidify your uh, goalie position for the next five to six years. That's that's huge. And he's a hell of a goalie. And then you have Dawes as the number two, and he steps in. You will know, give him a little every year, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, you know, maybe you get a tandem in two, three years. You know, that is... Maybe,
0: yeah. uh yeah, maybe you know, it's more competing 60, with Boston for the Markstrom for the first couple of years, and then Dawes comes in. Now we don't know what you know, upper management, what their actual true assessment of Dawes is. Which doesn't mean it's going to come true. But are they looking at him saying, "No, this is legit, the next top ten goalie NHL in three years," and they wouldn't want to block him that long?
1: It's a possibility. It's a
0: possibility. I don't Um, know. I like the fact he's got that much term, dude, because he's solid and steady. I agree. We don't need the best. It pays to have the best. Sure. But we just need solid and steady.
1: And look, if we stay in this playoff position, which look, now you got it. You now just have to keep on moving up. No more dropping out of playoff position. That's like the biggest thing right now. You are there. You're in that ace seed right now. Keep, Projecting upward. No more, you know, sliding back into the sixth place in the uh, Metropolitan Division. But Jacob Markstrom has playoff experience. If this team makes the playoffs, how comfortable? I mean, I know we're not comfortable at all with Banerjee. Like, we know that. Like, I don't. And so we haven't seen enough of Dawes. He's a rookie. He's never played a playoff game. You know, having a guy like Markstrom, if you do make the playoffs, I think that could be huge for this team. So I think that. I love the idea. We I talked about it uh, on one of the little pregame episodes that the three guys that I know that the Devils are interested in were, was Jake Allen up in Montreal, mm-hmm. John Gibson out in Anaheim, and Jacob Markstrom. I don't want Jake Allen. John Gibson, I like John Gibson, but I like Jacob Markstrom so much more. Like, he is a guy that I would absolutely say... Move heaven and earth. If you feel that this is the guy you want, then you do what you got to do, whatever Tom Fitzgerald has to do. Of course, I'm not saying you trade away Nemeth or whatever, but you make a deal. And if it's yeah. going to be a huge deal and you're going to bring Hannafin over, like do it and do it now. Because I think that it would so help this team.
0: Yeah. Gibson never really struck me as the answer. It kind of felt like a secondary pick. It's kind of like you, you know, you asked your first girl at the prom. She said, no, she just found somebody who didn't have a date.
1: Right. It you're just gonna, didn't
0: seem like a fit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I agree. Um, and look, Gibson's, you know, he's old and he's streaky. And yeah, he's having a good year this year, but I don't want John Gibson for any kind of term.
0: I don't I think, you know, Gibson to me might have been more like, hey, we've got a steady goaltender and we want to shore up our tandem going into the playoffs. So, that, you know, we've got a secondary guy if something happens. I right. don't feel like he's the answer. No. Markstrom, again, not the quote-unquote answer necessarily, but way huge more upgrade. solid. A huge upgrade. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a huge V fan. Like all last year, all I ever – want I was so excited when we got him coming into the year, and we all know how well he did play in the regular season. But between the playoffs and this year, unless somebody can get his head right, we're not going to advance far with goalies that don't – have a save percentage in the average category no. <laughs> and not...
1: you know i don't think that the team the management of this team has any faith in him i mean you brought this kid up he played one game for you and you know he's going to play one of the nights at the back-to-back so it's well, right away, your, this
0: week yeah look at that who's
1: he's your number one three. guy well you would have played your number one guy tonight right and he's they do not three. believe that vanacek is a number one
0: yeah. Remains to be seen. I'm, I'm hoping, like you said, that we can, or that he can at least straighten himself out. Just get back to the goal you were. No one's asking yep. to be Superman and then we'll be in pretty good shape. But for now, um, Washington has been surprisingly good.
1: Yes, right. they have.
0: Um, they can put up some goals. I thought Ovechkin had a very Ovechkin like game without actually scoring a goal today. Like he just, he definitely had a, his stamp on the game a little bit. It was um, noticeable. He was definitely noticeable, and I think the firepower came through from that team a little bit when they were on us, when they were smelling blood. Like they looked scary as hell, and um, and our guy stood up to it.
1: And I don't know if we weathered that storm with Schmidt or Vanacek in there. I really don't. I, I you know, it's just
0: I can't lie. Through, the same thing.
1: Yeah, what we've seen all season long, and you know Dawes has been a, a these two games so far has been a breath of fresh air. He's going to have his hands full Saturday night against Vancouver. I'll tell you that. And the Devils, look, man, you might say there's an easy game coming up with, with Chicago, but A, we don't play good at home. Uh, B, Vanacek will be in net. So you're going to have some issues there. We still are completely plagued with the injury bug. I would have liked to seeing Graham Clark in the lineup tonight. I understand why they put Smith in. I understand he didn't want to mess with the top six. And, I, he, you know, who's going to give you – more of a fourth line production guy. It, you put Smith in there over over Graham Clark, you know, playing more of a defensive style, uh playing on that fourth line. I kind of get that, but I would have liked to have seen him kind of get into the lineup.
0: I, I do get it, but I just I think there were other ways to go about it. And um for a team that we haven't been reeling off the goals too often. We had a couple of bigger bigger offensive output wins sandwiched between some of our lower, you know, goal output um, losses. Um, you know, I feel like other than bastion making a couple of good plays today, he probably could have slid in there on the fourth line. Um, but that's my
1: point though. Like you're not looking for offense on your fourth line. So are you, I know kind are you, are you kind of neutering Graham Clark, putting him out there? And then, you know, maybe he makes a mistake that well, the other guys can't, Cover they don't for have a problem
0: and- neutering Holtz down there.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. I'm just true. to get
0: the guy in, all you know, a lot of people were talking about their parents flew down and all. well that doesn't mean anything. That's yeah. not why you make the roster. You know what I mean? Like uh, you gotta put I, I actually like Smith being in there because of some of the things he brings. I I liked again today what he did. There's a scrum behind the net. And uh, he stepped in. He's like, no, you you will scrum with me, not with him. Um, That's right. He still will get a bonehead penalty. He'll still. Oh, uh, well, he almost didn't tonight.
1: Let's just put it out there. Didn't. Like He has to fucking get it in, right? It At sucks. eight seconds left in the game, the dude takes a penalty. You're up three goals and the dude takes a penalty with eight seconds left. Like you just, you looked up and you were like, shit, I hadn't been in the box all night. If, I got to take this play, now.
0: If I still play fantasy hockey, I might draft him last just to make sure I get a penalty minute tonight. You'll <laughs> you know, definitely it's, get that it's pretty much guaranteed, but you know I, I but where
1: do you put Graham Clark? This is also what's happening with you know a lot of this team and a lot of you looking down in the a h l like the guys that are in the positions now, they're gonna be there for a long time, you know even Eric Col like we have him this year and next year. Well, I think the so, problem
0: too is we got a lot of kids that um like are looked upon to possibly be. You know, first and second, maybe at least second and third. So we really got to figure out. Like the Devils have to figure out what they want long term. Like whenever we bring up to Foley, that's not a joke, because with to Foley, if you're if you're thinking of signing to Foley, you're basically going okay, because you know you don't want to get rid of Mercer. You know you don't want to get no matter what. So now you're saying to yourself, okay, so which one of them is really going to be a steady presence on the top two offensive lines? Because we're kind of stacked there. Yeah. In a good world, to me, you got to start if if all things were balanced, you're going to start bringing that third line back to like a hollow with Palat and a complimentary piece and not be throwing either one of them up in like the second line. Cause I think their value actually increases in a third line role, but we've got like a Graham Clark. If they decide to sign to Foley and extend Mercer, which I prefer they do. Where is he ever going to play in the next four years?
1: Maybe Calgary for Jacob Markstrom. maybe you know you 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 have so that was my point like you have so much talent down there that you really have to stop and look at guys that you drafted high that you have big expectations for and then say how are they going to slide into this lineup over the next couple of years yeah and if there's no makes
0: that so hard if we were rolling off the way we were supposed to securely in a playoff position dominating the league to a certain point that makes those trades easier. Hey, we're here where we're supposed to be. These are the assets we can get rid of. But we're two, three-game losing streak away from looking like absolute shit again. And then you start thinking, well, I don't want to get rid of such a promising asset if we're not going anywhere. So it's, it's, I think it would be so much easier on everybody, and by everybody I mean upper management, to make these decisions if we were playing more to our potential.
1: Well, and also, like, yeah, Fitzgerald and whoever's making these decisions with him have to look at this team right now and say, realistically, where do I think we're going to end up? Realistically, if I don't change anything on this team right now, do I think we're going to make the playoffs? If we do make the playoffs, do I think we're going to win a round? Do I think we're going to win a Stanley Cup? You have to answer those questions honestly. And right. most likely the answer is going to be, I know this team can make the playoffs. But for them to make any kind of damage done this year, I have to make some changes. That's where the trade comes in to say, we're going to shore up the things we know we need right now, which is a stay-at-home, steady defenseman and a goaltender. And if you can get those things, I have no problem shipping some of these young guys off. I hope they have wonderful careers and they get tons of ice time and they get to play. I'm fine with that. If you believe that this team built as is can compete for a Stanley cup by just inserting a few extra things and maybe tweaking a thing here or there, then you do it. If you logically sit back and say, look, I can make all the fucking trades in the world this year. They're not going anywhere. And you can say that then maybe you don't, maybe you hold on to these guys. Maybe then you bring some guys up, like you said, and you see where they are, but they are right on that fringe, which makes it so Uh, you know, kind of confusing, you know, like, because which way are they going to go? Because yeah, we can see them get into the top three in the metropolitan division, but I also see them dropping
0: back down to six. Like you said, that's the other side of it too. Realistically, management also has to look at it and say, okay, if we bring these couple of players in now, and let's say for argument's sake, that's an upgrading goal and a, you know, defensive defenseman, how much better are they going to help? Like scenario one is team is now we end up, where? Approximately. Scenario two, we bring in these two, where do we end up? And more importantly, how much better are we playing going in? Because you could totally withstand saying, hey, you know what? We're going to still be middle of the packish and make the playoffs without winning the division or anything crazy, which is not bad, by the way, and then feel like you got a better shot with a playoff team. But the later it gets, the more you do have to look at it and go, okay, there's 40 games. What are they going to help us win? Five more over expectation now? Six more, and is that enough to even get us in the playoffs? It's well, just don't no, leverage the future unless it's a little more solid. I get
1: it. I, I I totally get it. I I would probably be a little bit more aggressive as a general manager than you. Definitely, if we were running hockey teams, um, I believe that playing the way we are playing right now, we're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. But I also believe that if you do make a couple of these moves, that maybe. You can change the way this team is. The the I don't want to say culture because they seem like they have a fine culture and they seem like they all get along and there's no um, problems in the in the dressing room or anything. But like just they're it's not even just more responsible. I feel like there's just not enough. I don't even know. I I don't want to say leaders because it sounds like I'm shitting on the guys like sure and plot and stuff. But I feel like you go back to those old teams in the late nineties early 2000s, and the teams that won cups, we had a lot of really good leadership in that dressing room. Sure. A lot of dudes. And I don't know if we really have that now. We're bringing in that veteran defenseman. Maybe that'll help the guys like Ball and Nemich and Luke uh, You know, Getting Markstrom in to play with or a goalie in to play with somebody like Nico Dawes is only going to up Nico Dawes's game. Playing yeah. with guys like Noah Hanekman or Chris Tanev are only going to up the games of Nemich and uh, Kevin Ball. So how much does your overall team change? Not just right. with adding those few players, but how much of your style and the, just the, how dynamic you are on the ice or just doing the right things? Because I feel like that's a lot of this team's problem is that they just don't play the right way a lot of times. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's all teachable. And I think having more leaders on the ice and more experience on the ice will help that. So that's just my point on it.
0: No, I agree. And to your point about GM, you'd be surprised. I'm actually ready to pull the trigger now. I'd be very aggressive. I don't want to waste nice. any of these years with uh, Jack and, and Nico down the middle. And, you know, the, the defense is only going to get better. And it's going to get better this year, let alone in the, in the years to come. I would be willing to do something very much right now. For, again, the two pieces we've been mostly sticking on which is a a goaltending upgrade and kind of that real steady defensive guy. I feel like that is what our farm system is for. And if you build the right team and you put all these pieces in place, we got so much of our core locked up for so long. This is a problem for eight years from now. Oh, we're out of draft picks again. Like, that's okay. You give me three cups in eight years. I'm going to forget that, uh, you know, you're a little weak down there right now.
1: I mean, you, you say that now, but you won't in eight years if they do have – even if they have a few cups. Because trust me, there's nobody in Tampa Bay right now that's going, nah, I knew this was going to happen. And I don't care. We won I cups. Know. Oh, you want to win every year. But, but listen,
0: we went through – Your point of, is we taken. 15 years of basically playoff contention, three cups, five Stanley Cup appearances. Even we knew at some point you're going to need to rebuild. The devil's problem was they didn't fully commit for a very long time. It was meddling, That's... and it kept making it worse. So I, w- I am saying now, give me 10 years of prosperity, whatever that means. Some It might not even wind up in a cup because it still is very hard to win a cup, but maybe you deep runs and this and that. Maybe you get one in the 10 years with the understanding that, yeah, you know, when I'm in my 60s, you're going to be rebuilding again. I'll wait. And,
1: you know, again, fans have no problem. Most fans have no problem with a rebuild if they know it's being done right. If they know that they have to sit through two or three years of piss poor hockey to end up being a 10-year perennial playoff team. Right. a lot of, But but again, like you said, a lot of teams don't just say, hey, we're tearing it down and rebuilding it and then doing it. Uh, you know, they say it and then fans get restless or there's not enough asses in the seats. So they go sign a big free agent to play with absolutely nobody and it sets your team back. And we've seen it a million times. We did it. So, yeah, you have to just commit to when it's time to say, we're pulling the plug. We're trade. I think Chicago did it perfectly. Yes. I think they really did. And like they it. got
0: rewarded with a couple year jump. Yeah. And they the might next, even you know, do guy. it again
1: and get Celebrini this year. Like, they're just – it's crazy.
0: I agree with your point about how the fans accept that with one caveat. They also want to see when your window's open, you're taking the chance. Yeah. you got to go for it when you go for it. I've never looked at a team and said that was a stupid trade, you know, when they're going for like that end-of-the-year playoff piece. uh, Gave away too much. No, you've got very few chances to win a cup. I say go for it when you're there. And RGM will. Yeah, he will. This just might not be the year for it. I don't know what the goaltending market looks like after this year, even after that, like with who, who's becoming available. Um, The biggest surprise you just shared with me tonight is that, you know, what's his name has six years left. That is very alluring (laughs) to be honest.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. If you could make a deal for him, I would love to see him. Um, I, I did throw five dollars down today on DraftKings, which is uh, the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network and the NHL, in case anybody was wondering, uh, on Nico Dawes to get a shutout tonight. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. It was like plus fifteen hundred. I put five bucks on. So I figured that I wouldn't have paid. I would have well, only five dollar bet. only a hundred bucks, but still a hundred bucks for a five dollar bet.
0: bet would have got you a hundred? Yep. I'm really going learn how this shit works.
1: Yeah. But it it was not to be. But. I did download the app, and I used code THPN originally, and that's what I put my bet on. And if you're interested in doing it, Bob, or anybody okay. else, if you want to learn how to you know, lose your mortgage payment and your kid's college tuition, all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. And new customers will get $150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issue and cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. Now, I wanted to ask you, because you got to watch the game on the national broadcast. What were they saying about the Devils?
0: So it seemed like in the beginning they were definitely fair um, about both teams. Um, They did mention, of course, that the Devils probably expected to be a little higher in the standings. They did talk a little bit about a lot of our budding superstars or, or current superstars, as it were um even towards the end there they started talking a little bit about how they expect our defensive core because it was a lot of changes actually all the changes in general they did mention uh, it's taken a little while to gel and I guess it kind of felt like they were saying that they expect the team to certainly be better um in the second half I didn't like that twice after McLeod made it 4-3 they were so excited they just kept saying how now we're all knotted up twice going into break tied I'm I got. I was a little pissed at that. I'm like, no, right. no. The whole point of this is that we're up four to three. Not that we're not up, but I would have to say um, it started off pretty even. They did ten. It seemed like to me they got very Capitals heavy for a while, though. Uh, Mid second, towards the end, uh, intermission. Second intermission. Um, they literally said, "Yeah, this is what happened. in Mission. Now we got to talk about the Capitals." And it was. Maybe they talked about the Devils a lot in the first intermission. I didn't know because I'm biased, but it did seem a little capitals heavy at that point. But overall, once the Devils kind of took over in the third, then it was all, oh, it was the Devils show again. And they were just, you know, hooting on about our potential and, and how good and that kind of thing. So it was one of the better national broadcasts, I guess. Was it Ray Ferrara? No.
1: Oh, who was no, it? I
0: actually don't recall the two names um, I know if I saw him on the screen right now, I'd say yeah, I know those names, but I, I don't. I
1: really remember. like Ferraro, Ray Ferraro when he uh, he's he's fantastic. I always that. liked the
0: Ferraros, which is so yeah, weird but... to me that back in Providence in 1994, <laughs> you were yelling "kill the Ferraros." I was like, what did they do was... to you?
1: <laughs> they were wearing Ranger jerseys, Bob. Binghamton <laughs> oh, Ranger been. jerseys. They were wearing Binghamton Ranger jerseys with seen, their silly little
0: mustaches. When um, did you come up when we went to a Providence Bruins game? I, I only got the. Uh, the two memories I know you were talking about with with the, the guys the other day on the Lindros, uh, the, the Lindros, so was Bob definitely when, when he walked on our row and we had to like stand up to watch his tree trunks walk by us. Yeah, that guy's huge dick. I mean, I'm not a big guy at all, but that dude's huge. Oh, that was huge.
1: Um, I think. Okay, so I remember seeing the P Bruins and the Binghamton Rangers. I remember seeing the Boston Bruins and the Flyers. I know I saw another Pete Brewing game, and I don't remember who it was so against. at least
0: four times when you came up that we actually went to a yeah. Brewers game. Because I'm also trying to put it together in my head because prior to – so after high school, my, my freshman year, which I'm sure you came up for, I was not a hockey fan yet because I didn't watch hockey until that spring of 94 with you right. against the Rangers. So maybe you didn't – like I'm trying to see if we went to a game that year because I knew who – the Legion of Doom was and the Flyers were by the time we had that Lindros incident. So that had to be the 94, 95 season.
1: That was right after 95. It was right after we won the cup because, uh, one of us was wearing a devil's hat and, um, Hexall made a comment like, uh, "Oh, you guys jumping on the bandwagon," and I think it was Dan. It was like, "Actually, we're from Jersey. Everybody goes to school up here." And he was like, "All right, if you're from Jersey, I'll let it go." And he said something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I it was it was right, it was right after '95, right after we beat them in the Eastern Conference Finals and won the cup. Gotcha. But you know i I have to say, I mean i I know we're in playoff position right now, but I don't know if you saw. I put a little poll out on X today. Um, I did see the poll. You did. Yeah, or didn't it just nice and just nice and quick, you know, uh, will New Jersey make the playoffs this season? I did it for two days. So we still have, you know, till the end of the day tomorrow. And right now we are at 78 percent of respondents said, yes, the Devils will make the playoffs. Twenty two percent say no. Um, That's awesome. I love the optimism.
0: Well, let's let's take a dive into why, you know, two thirds or better would say that. Wouldn't you agree? I bet every Devils fan would that we have yet to play our best hockey, short of Absolutely. a game or two. And Absolutely, that's is, that is the best part. Um, goaling aside, which until a goalie proves to us they can be consistent, the defensive side of the game is the one I think will um, come around quicker. Right, um, yep. like you said today, learn when to stay home, despite. Your gifted advantages for your offense. Exactly. Um, you don't have to make kind of highlight
1: real shit every night. Play right. boring road hockey. Get the lead. Sit back and win the game. Take your two points and go home.
0: Yeah. So I think it's a logical conclusion. I even read a couple of the comments. Some people were saying, um,
1: "Yeah, people were really." Uh, I loved it. Yeah. It was a lot of lot of good feedback from our fans.
0: Yeah. But I think we're you know doing that same thing.
1: You look at the next, the schedule coming up, right? So we have Chicago on Friday, Vancouver on Saturday, and then we're off until Wednesday,
0: right? Thursday.
1: Thursday. And yeah. it's Thursday and Friday or Thursday and Saturday? Thursday, Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So we have our next five games then. So we have Chicago, Vancouver, Tampa Bay, Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, and the last three are on the road. Is there no better time to go on a run, then right now, I mean, if you could go on a run these next five games and in the meantime, knock off Tampa, Florida, Boston, Vancouver, yeah. i tell you that would do wonders for this team's confidence.
0: It would be excellent because we all know how good Vancouver is. You got Tampa Bay who's right around us. So you want to put as much traction between the two of us as you can. Florida's hot again. They look like the team that's going to keep, you know, Making a lot of noise, so if you can knock them off, get revenge on Boston, it'd be a great time to go on like a Absolutely. good a good solid four to five.
1: But you, you can know. so see it going the other way, right? You could see I can totally see us beating Chicago, losing to Vancouver, maybe beat Tampa and then losing to can, Florida and Boston. Can't you
0: see it going the other way too though? Where like we lose to Chicago and we like <laughs> destroy Vancouver, Tampa, Florida, but then lose to Boston again because I feel like they're our kryptonite. This year, as as like Washington was, um, God, I don't know, man. Like, you know, only time's going to tell. That's that's the maddening part about this team is that a few games ago, we were coming off a couple wins in a row. We were very static. Then we were all very bummed about the way they played against the Bruins. And I think that was not so much because they lost a game. I think we're very reasonable if they lose a game. But it was the fact that they just fucking got destroyed.
1: Yeah. And they didn't
0: show up, and it was maddening. So as long as we don't have any maddening performances – I think we'll be all right.
1: Yeah, look, you know, you lose a good, hard-fought game by a goal or whatever, you know, you live with it. And you can walk out of the arena. You can walk into your dressing room if you're on the team or whatever. And at least you could say, hey, we busted our ass and just came up a little short tonight. Right. It'll be different tomorrow. That game against Boston and so many games this year that it's like this team just, I mean, gloriously falls apart. It's like, wow, I cannot believe that just one goal went by you and everybody forgot how to play hockey. Yeah. Um, tonight, it didn't happen. That's why I say that McLeod goal was the turning point because they come back right at, late in that period, like you said, in the second, and we just took all that momentum right away, and, and I loved it. And another thing I loved about tonight, and I think this is something they can build off of, or at least this is something that will be extremely helpful for them. Dude, our big guys didn't show up tonight. There was no Nico. I mean, uh, no, no Hughes, no, um, no Brad, no Toffoli tonight. It was on the backs of Mercer and McLeod and and Nico, and that was uh, really awesome to see Nico starting to get hot, Mercer's starting to get hot, McLeod just you know seems like pretty much. I, I refuse. I don't give a shit. Bryce Salvador can try and get people to say Motor Mike as much as he wants. I will never say it. It's the dumbest (laughs) nickname in the world, Bryce. If you are listening to this, the dumbest nickname in the world. Nobody wants to be called Motor Mike. Motor Mike. No adult wants to be called Motor Mike. I have a problem with calling him Mikey. I don't even do that. Like That to me is like you're a little child. I don't like calling Dougie <laughs> Hamilton Dougie, and I don't like calling Mike. I mean, uh,
0: Mikey as a Bobby, and uh, as and, you know, knowing that there are guys like Bobby Holik that were okay with it in the NHL, I'm I, okay I guess with Bobby, calling him Mikey.
1: I, I've been calling you Bobby since eighth grade, so I think that that's just kind of your grandfathered in. I don't think of it any other way. I feel weird saying Bob. But
0: I told you about this, though, right? Like it, it stops with like right around our friendship level. So from college there's a couple people early college that'll say bobby but it's always been bob since about that level so i can tell who my family and early friends are by what they call me fair like, enough yeah i could totally do it
1: and and so no never robert though no you don't ever the closest, go by robert
0: no, the closest i had there was a couple people used to mess around in high school and call me rob bob bobby
1: rob yeah, Bob, bobby or so robert. options
0: but never robert
1: i mean bobber yeah. That was alone. I I I have like three people in my life that call me Christopher. Everyone else is just Chris. So, but there are like three people. Like my sister calls me Christopher. Um, this old dude that lives above my work uh, is like eighty years old. He calls me Christopher. Nicest guy in the world. And there's a couple of others, but no nobody else. Like, and I'm 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 okay with it from them. I don't like anyone else really doing it. But those we uh,
0: had like professors in class like say robert like to get my attention and i don't answer <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, my oh, dad, I'm sorry i wasn't being disrespectful I, I had no idea you were talking to me that's funny so, yeah. so, listen, i got a question for you yeah go ahead oh i got two Number all right one, what What did you do with your 150 bonus bet from DraftKings?
1: Well, okay well they give it to you in um five fifty dollar bets or six fifty dollars bets, whatever it is, right? Two hundred fifty. That's three hundred. So no. I mean, uh, no, twenty-five dollar bets. I'm okay. sorry, they give it to you in twenty-five dollar bets. I shouldn't have said fifty. So I did uh, a couple of them. I'll go on right now. I'll actually tell you. I did a few, a bunch of futures, So I wanted to. Like, I took. Uh, I took the Vikings to, you know, win the NFC. You know, they're not even making the playoffs. I took a bunch of uh, dumb ones. Oh, I know so got I took... stuff
0: that hasn't even come to fruition. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah,
1: gotcha. so I, I used that to basically just... Um, what the hell? Show my password, damn it. I can't get on. Give me a sec. I did um, Luke Hughes to win the Calder. Um, I did the Devils to win the Metro. I did... Um. Oh, I actually won a bet tonight. Um, I did. Let's see. I'll show you what I won tonight. I lost to Nico Dawes, and then I did a five dollar. Um, paid twenty four dollars and fifty cents. I took Nico Heischer shots on goal over two and a half. I did a parlay Dawson Mercer over a half a point and Nico Heischer over a half a point.
0: Oh, you nailed! So it. they yeah.
1: they all hit. So for five dollars, I won twenty four dollars and fifty cents. The ones that I have that are still open, um, let me find them real quick. Yeah, that quick.
0: 25 on Hughes has to be a big payout because I would assume. I'll tell you what it and, is. Uh, and what's his name? Cooley, Cooley or? Uh,
1: I did him. Yeah, Cooley. I did him yeah. back in the summer. Um, so I have open right now the Devils to win the Metropolitan Division. That was a $25 bonus bet to pay $55. That was the Devils to win the division at plus 220. I took the Vikings at the plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that was a $25 bet that would have paid out $8,750. See, I'm still that.
0: good with those types of bets. It's 25 bucks, which I could piss away at Wawa right now by accident. Yep. And, you know, just put it on a team. You never know what's going to happen.
1: I have the Devils to win the Stanley Cup. I took them at plus nine hundred. Um, that was a twenty-five dollar bet to pay twenty two hundred and twenty-five dollars. That's good. I have Luke Hughes to win the Calder 25 twenty-five dollar bet paid one hundred and seventy-five. dollars hmm. So yeah, there were a couple of them. And Surprised how low I those though. are.
0: I guess that's because the expectations were so high.
1: Yeah, I. Bet. I,
0: I bet you if it, if that same bet now does it change? Oh
1: like, yeah, the odds, okay. the odds yeah. are different now. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'll go – I can actually I'll, – I'll get them for the next show and tell me what they are.
0: I'm just really um, bad. Like I see the stat line like at tonight's game before it yeah. started. And I know that we were the ones in the negative, which means they think we're going to win. But I don't know how to read it. Well, they're like, 170, minus one seventy five. They're plus three fifty. I don't know what the hell that means.
1: Yeah, the one seventy five three fifty shit, like that confuses me too. But if you, like, so if you're a uh, minus, like if the Devils are minus one seventy five, if you bet a hundred dollars and they win, you, get 175. you win one hundred and seventy five, okay. right? But you have to bet a hundred for it. Okay. Um, so if yeah,
0: minus seventy five. You got to bet seventy five for it. Is that the point?
1: I'm not one hundred percent sure because I never bet like odds like that. Like, like I'll do like football with just a spread or whatever, or hockey with just a spread. The plus four hundred and stuff like that, I don't necessarily understand at all either. So, like, I think if you're like, I think if you're plus or no, I think if you're minus, you have to bet one hundred and seventy five dollars to win a hundred. That's right. So you would have to bet one hundred and seventy-five dollars to win a hundred if you bet on minus money. And the plus money, if it's plus two hundred, and you bet a hundred to win two. Oh wow, that's so, that's yeah, that... right. Now I think I got so, it. So
0: look, going into this game at minus one seventy-five, I would never put up one hundred seventy-five dollars to win a hundred. I wasn't even sure we we're going to win the game. Yeah, that's and then
1: that's what you would have done. Bam. Yep. And then there's money lines, which is basically they're lower odds, but you're just picking a winner. So instead of like, I think tonight the Devils were favored by a goal and a half, which they would have covered. Um, But if they, you know, even won by one goal and you take the Devils, you lose. But if you take the money line, it's just a straight up winner.
0: Reminds me when I was, uh, had my first corporate job when I was living with you, right? Crossover there in Princeton. And we had the football pool, and it was straight up the first few years, a whole big office pool. It was just win-loss. Remember doing the check sheet at your house? Sure. I, 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 I just printed mine up for week 18 yeah. for And you used to do it with me, too. I used to bring some yeah. of your money into work. When it was straight wins and losses, I would say on your average year, I'd probably win twice. Right? So, you know, it's good three 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. You sign me one. Once they change it to like a spread, I just – I got destroyed. Like I It's don't, really – Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. too much for me to comprehend.
1: Yeah, like it, it like I'll do like crazy bets. Like I did like this ridiculous bet on Sunday. I did five dollars and I took uh touchdown scores on like eleven or twelve uh football games. And um if they all hit on a five five ten dollar bet, it would have been like three hundred and seventy five grand You know, so but I'll do that once in a while because DraftKings is good, actually, because every day they give you a free bet and they have like no sweat bet. So if you bet five bucks on a bet and you lose and you opt in for the no sweat, you get a free five dollar bet the next day. So, So you know, you can just so you never really lose your money
0: cool that happened. Um, when we did our prediction show, I had a particular prediction that predicated Meyer being in the lineup, and we said, yes. if Meyer's, in fact, not going to come back in the lineup, then I'll change it, which I did with you today. I texted you before the game, yep. I got and it. I changed it to Mike McLeod getting at least three points this week. He's got two already to start, so hopefully I'm in good shape. But My question is, is that a type of thing where you can go into DraftKings and just say, hey, I want to say Mike McLeod's going to get two goals tonight.
1: So Absolutely. You totally make it up. Yeah, like well, they like have. That, I would
0: imagine it would pay really well because the guy only had like six goals going in.
1: Yeah, you so can. You can bet, you, like,
0: so that's the type of betting I would like to do. Five bucks. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it'd be sure fun if it does. Right, you know, and because like, you never know when a fourth line player is going to pop off two goals. And like, you know, make you it, can, make you, a you
1: can bet. Every player has different odds on goal scores and stuff. Like in in the NFL, when you bet NFL, like you can pick. Let's say if you're. Betting on you know Debo Samuel to score a touchdown, it'll be like maybe plus two hundred odds or plus two hundred money on that. But then you can, if you say he's going to score the first touchdown, it'd be like plus five hundred. But like for the and and like if we go to the NHL, uh, let me find this NHL. Where are we? Okay, so like if we go to tomorrow's game, right? Buffalo and Montreal. That game right now, like the puck line, Buffalo is, excuse me, favored by a goal and a half. um, And that pays plus 180. So you'd have to bet $180 to get 100. Now, if if you take Montreal and they win and you pay 100, you win 218. Um, But then you can bet total goals over or under. It's always six and a half. I very rarely see it, a, a different number. And then the money line, of course, pays less. But then, like, if you go over to, you can bet on goals in the first ten minutes of the game. So you think they're going to go over half a goal? It pays, you know, minus one sixty six. If you're going to go under, you know, over a goal and a half, it pays plus two sixty. So and anytime goal scorer, and then you could take first goal scorer, second goal scorer. You could take two goals, more goals, whoever you want. So yeah, it's it's you know you can have a lot of fun with it. And you know, for the most part, if you don't mind blowing five bucks here or there, like you said, that's all I ever bet. Um, the only time I bet more than that is really when I have like free bets, but I'll just throw like five bucks on and just to make it a little bit more fun, you know, and I always go like crazy parlays the, the, and I always lose, but the one I was like, I'm going to take a nice, simple parlay. I did the Mercer and, uh, the, what's my And that one, and that one hit for 26 bucks for a $5 bet. So,
0: so that ends our extended commercial for anything we fucked up throughout the season.
1: There you go. DraftKings, Draft King. kiss there our asses. Just listen to this show. You should download app. the app because you can I do it now. Will. I
0: actually will. I do like to do a little bit of that. And use um, code
1: THPN.
0: I would certainly use code Because
1: else you don't get your money. Plug, plug. And we don't get our butt plug.
0: That's right. Hey, so quick pizza story. Okay. So I almost texted you the other day. So I didn't get to see my father before Christmas because we had COVID in the house. Mm-hmm. So I just went and saw him after Christmas. Now, he had asked me prior to Christmas because basically – we buy our own Christmas gifts and then he wraps them for us because he doesn't know what to get us, right? So I'm like, cool. That's he's what like, my kids hey, do. Yeah, he's like, I, I want to get you a pizza oven. I'm like, I don't know that I want a pizza oven. It's like, no, nah, they're they're really cool. It's you know, it's, I'm like, well, how much is it? He's like, four hundred bucks. I'm like, Dad, that's way too much. I'm like, I don't want a four hundred dollar pizza oven. You know, I got a small house. I get stuff like that, like food processors. I use them once. Like, I don't want to do it. It's like, it's really cool. I, I want to get it for you. Now, I'm a person now that- You know, I spend a few hours like drafting a beer recipe, eight hours brewing a beer, wait 30 days to have a beer. I'm very artisanal like that. Turns out I don't have that kind of um, time for pizza. Okay. So I get this pizza oven, which um, we actually found. It was 400. We found it for 300. So he was very happy. And I'm going to try to use it. It's supposed to cook the pizza in five minutes. So it's very similar to a certain brick oven that you're very familiar with. right? Right. So Jamie's at work and I decide I'm going to go ahead and, Give this pizza a try. It has to cook from raw dough. There's other okay. settings for pre made dough, which would be a hell of a lot easier, but I'm figuring let me do the whole artisan experience. Okay, so I was going to text you because I couldn't roll out the goddamn dough. <laughs> I mean, I'm pressing, my forearms are tired, my fingers are tired. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm not out of shape. I know we're like, I'm older. You're using muscles you never I use. Can't get this dough. And the last thing Jamie says to me before she goes to work, she's like, hey, you know, because she's gluten free. Mm-hmm. She flour. She's like, "Hey, no matter what you do, don't get flour over the kitchen because you know I'm allergic." I'm like, "So that's in my head, so I can't do that flippy flappy thing you've done, mm-hmm. right?" Anyway, this this dough's not budging, but I finally, I finally think I get it to about the size of uh, what's that big spatula you call for the pizza pan? What's that called? A wheel? It's got a pizza big wheel. You, you slide it in.
1: Oh, oh, like the the cutter? Is that what you're talking about? The
0: big the big pan that you slide into the big oven? Oh, the pizza like. peel. Pizza peel. Peel. Yeah, like yeah. So uh, I'm following all the instructions, at least I think, right? I'm having a hell of a time with the dough, but I'm using it on a big cutting board, and I've got flour on the cutting board. And then the next step it says to pre-flour your peel. Before mm-hmm. you put the before so you start putting stick. the toppings on, yeah, right. So eh, okay, so I start putting the sauce and everything while it's still on the cutting board, and now I got to yeah. put it on the peel, and I'm like, yeah, ah, no, I can't that's a mistake. You so make your I pizza pick- <laughs> on the peel. <laughs> No, no, no. Always make
1: your pizza on the peel well, I didn't,
0: I didn't. Okay. So I pick it up And I and I throw it on the peel So what had happened When I threw the pizza on the peel Is some of the sauce Slid off Sure To the front But yeah. I don't think it's a big deal Because i have never made a pizza before It's I gonna have a hard
1: time Getting that pizza off
0: Right My kid helps Right <laughs> So I'm putting the cheese on We're taking pictures We're having a good old time The pizza oven's hot I take the peel I go to put the pizza in I'm doing it real quick I'm quick shove. Mm-hmm. It's not budging I'm like what's <laughs> happening Then I look in And now I see like a splattering of sauce and cheese in the back of the oven. This oven's 750 degrees. yeah. So it's already smoking. I'm like, all right, Right. now I need a spatula. So I get a spatula. Oh, and I also tried to like throw some flour under it last minute because I knew it got wet. That shit don't work. So I get a spatula and I put it in there. I didn't put it in all the way, right? So apparently like I'm watching – now this is the cool part. I'm watching the oven do exactly what I've seen like some of your ovens do. Like I see the cheese like rise real quick and then settle like it's cooking in five minutes. I'm happy with that. I pull it out, smokes everywhere, fire alarms going off. I got to <laughs> right. I got sauce everywhere. I got a what's it? The pizza stone, like yeah. it's supposed to get dark, you know, to be seasoned. Now this thing's fucking cooked, right? So, but I pull it out, and like the back half is like semi-burnt cheese, but the front half is like perfect. So obviously, I didn't have it positioned right.
1: Well, no, you probably did have it positioned right. You just have to maybe spin it halfway through.
0: It wouldn't have mattered. So I take it out and like. The cheese is perfect and the crust is, you know, like half an inch thick and it's pure fucking raw. Yeah. I can't cook it anymore because the cheese is going to burn. So I take okay. it. I really want a pizza. Like I skipped lunch. It was like three o'clock. I'm fucking dying. I talked to Jamie. She's like, just, you know what? Put it in the regular oven Yeah, like a lower temperature and see if it cooks. I put it in there like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before it. that dough ain't cooking. Then I finally read the instructions. Like this pizza machine is good for uh, eight to 10 ounces of dough. And the dough that Jamie bought was 14. So I just rolled that whole thing thing up in a ball. Bottom line is, it is way harder to make a pizza than I thought. And I just don't want to waste my time when I could have ordered that shit from down the road. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I had a
1: dollar for everybody who thought that they can make a pizza, who I said, sure, come on back here and make one. And they fell miserably, I'd be a millionaire. But it's not your fault. You made a couple of mistakes. And I can tell you what the first off, your dough needs to at least get to room temperature. First of all, 14 ounces is, is way too big. Yeah, okay? No, uh, no. So you want to go with I it, a I left it out
0: for like 3-4 hours. Thought that would be good.
1: Yeah, keep it out, you know, let it 3 or 4 hours should have been okay. Um it shouldn't so as long as it wasn't rock hard, um,
0: exaggerating and it was too. That could be it. You I mean,
1: like 4 hours usually let it rise a little bit, let it get a little bit softer so it's more pliable so you can work with it. Second off, use a rolling pin. If you don't know how to actually stretch dough, because that's something My that takes a long time. being this
0: kind of weird rectangle with some broken spots in it. I was like patching it.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Ripping you hit a I hole in the pizza, it. you just patch it up. That's fine. It's
0: definitely not round. Kind of more like a bee, actually.
1: Well, again, <laughs> the shape doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if your pie comes out and it's not perfectly round, shape a little more like a football. Now, like the artisan places, all these coal fired ovens places and stuff, none of their pizzas are fucking round. Right. Um, like you know, they, they get these specialty ones, and even a lot of the ones that I do, um, you know, it's just kind of you just you don't even stretch the dough all the way. You just kind of form it and you set it and you go. But um, always flour or cornmeal your peel and make your pizza on the peel and. The problem I use cornmeal, I just because it helps cook the bottom a little bit crispier. Where
0: which we have because she's gluten free, so we do. Have okay, a nice
1: so that dish. then I would maybe go with that over the the flour. Try it with a rolling pin. Keep it out for about four hours. Hit it with the rolling pin, and then just nice and easy, kind of just try and open it a little bit on your with your hands. You don't have to get into the whole picking it up or anything. Just to Ooh, get nice. it to a nice maybe ten inch is really all you're looking for with a six ounce dough. And then you make it and throw it it in the oven, and that will cook perfectly.
0: When I unrolled, like she got it from like Wegmans, right? It was a nice Mm -hmm. like dough, but it like rolled out like on a pin. I was like, all I had to do was like cut it in half and like fold it. I could have had a nice like rectangular, perfect little piece of pizza dough. But I don't know. I was just trying to be all cool. But I tell you, that was hard as shit.
1: Next time you're in town, I'm going to give you good pizza dough and you go home and make it. So if we have any listeners left, uh, just want (laughs) to say thank you for checking us out. And uh, you learned today that Bob can make pizza. I mean, make beer, but he can't make pizza. That's right. See, I can make pizza. We should go in business and just open a brewery that serves pizza. We'd be fucking billionaires. That's it.
0: Sounds perfect.
1: Let's do it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We will be back on Friday after the Red Wing or Blackhawk game. And Bobby won't be joining us because he's a loser but um that's
0: correct
1: yeah you won't be with us uh but wherever you're listening to us thank you so much for checking us out give us a like a uh, subscribe a download a positive review five stars it goes a long way to help us promote the podcast uh for bobby and chris we're the uncle puckers thank you so much for sticking with us tonight and we'll see you on friday see you
0: bye-bye